0: Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm your host, Strata lawyer, Amanda Farmer. This week... I am taking you inside one of the opportunities offered exclusively to members of the Your Strata Property online membership community. What you are about to hear is an edited down version of what we refer to on the inside as a member call. Every member of our online community has the opportunity to book in a one-hour, one-on-one online call with me, where we workshop a specific strata problem, or sometimes a few strata problems, our members finish up with the answers, the action steps, and the resources that they need to move forward. Last year, I spoke with a member who had bought into strata for the first time and was in the process of seeking approval for some renovation work. That work included the installation of hard flooring, the installation of child safety nets on the balcony, And the renovation of an original bathroom. There was a slight catch with the flooring being new to Strata. This owner didn't know that they first needed to get the approval of their Strata committee before laying their new flooring. So the approval that they were actually trying to seek was retrospective. The work had already been done. What I'm bringing you today on the podcast is the recording of this member call where we discuss all of these issues you'll hear me walk the member through the options available to the owner's corporation in the context of what is really an illegal flooring installation. We talk about how I successfully had my own child safety nets approved in my building and my tips for success with that type of installation. And I explain why a bathroom renovation is actually a good thing Foreign Owners Corporation and how this owner might best sell the idea of their bathroom renovation at the upcoming general meeting, where they have a motion on the agenda for approval. This is an edited version of the call to protect the identity of the member. You won't hear their voice. It's just my side of the conversation. The full versions of these calls, including the member's side of the discussion, are saved to our members' video library, together with a copy of the transcript. If you're a member, you'll know exactly where to access these. We generally release at least two member calls every month. Now I've been recording these calls with members who are sometimes owners, sometimes strata managers, for about six years now, and our video library has become a treasure trove of strata guidance on all types of issues, from strata management contracts to how to commence an NCAT application, repair and maintenance obligations, and lots more. Every member has the opportunity to book in one of these calls with me, whether they've joined on a monthly subscription or an annual subscription. It is one of the most valuable and valued parts of the membership. These days, I charge a minimum $1,000 for meetings with new clients of my legal practice. So to be getting the equivalent time with me as part of your membership is incredibly valuable. Because membership is nowhere near $1,000, you can join us now on a monthly membership subscription for just $67 and immediately book in the next available slot for a member call. If you're interested in checking out All that membership has to offer, in addition to these member calls, the place to go is stratamembership.com. There's a link in the show notes for you. Right now, I'll take you on over to today's podcast episode, our featured member call. Enjoy. Now, you've asked me what are the options if the committee now won't approve, and we're talking about a retrospective approval because your flooring's already in place, if they don't approve your flooring, they may do one of two things or maybe one of three things really, because one option is they may do nothing. They may say that your current flooring as you're using it today is causing you to be in breach of your noise bylaw. So you're, at, as I said, I haven't seen your bylaws, but you most definitely have a bylaw in place about noise which says that an occupier must not create noise sufficient to disturb the peaceful enjoyment of somebody else. Now that is what your neighbor is going to complain about. They're going to say, well, this flooring is causing a breach of the noise bylaw. My peaceful enjoyment is being disturbed. So the owners corporation may pursue you for breach of that bylaw. My experience in those kinds of situations is often that the owners corporation doesn't like to do anything and leaves it up to the neighbor who's allegedly suffering from the noise, to take their own action. They say, look, this is an issue between two neighbours. We're not going to get involved. No one else is bothered by this. It's all too hard. It's all too expensive. If you, downstairs neighbour, have a problem, then you can apply for mediation and you can try and resolve it with your upstairs neighbour. Your downstairs neighbour may or may not do anything. The other thing they may do is request you to lift up the flooring because it is work that was never approved. And this is the complicating factor. If it was just an issue that the flooring was noisy and it wasn't this issue about approval, it would be more straightforward. They do have this other option of directing you to remove unauthorized work if it doesn't get approval. Now that's because probably your bylaws and also the legislation section 110 in the strata schemes management act requires you to have approval to do this kind of work and section 110 says you need an ordinary resolution at a general meeting and that decision making can be delegated to the strata committee by way of a bylaw and it sounds like that's what your building has done and that's why it's in the hands of your strata committee If they don't approve it, you'll be in breach of section 110 and you'll also be in breach of probably a bylaw that requires you to get approval for hard flooring. So this is what they might do if the flooring doesn't get approved. Again, I say might, they may do nothing, but they do have a legal basis to direct you to remove the floors. It hasn't been approved. You stand there and say, no, I won't. It's for them, the owner's corporation to then take the matter further. And that's to the tribunal. Starts with mediation. Maybe they'll issue a bylaw breach notice if it looks like that's the direction they're going in, that might be the stage where you say, well, your failure to approve my work was unreasonable. And I'm not sure, again, what your bylaws say, but I'll just have a look at what section 110 says. Okay. So you should be able to see section 110 there on the screen. The owner of a lot no strata scheme may carry out work for the purposes of minor renovations. With the approval of the owner's corporation given by resolution at a general meeting, a special resolution is not required. The approval may be subject to reasonable conditions and cannot be unreasonably withheld. So it's there in the legislation that they can't be unreasonable about their refusal to approve. So if they don't approve, I'd be asking them for reasons. Why didn't you approve this? And is there anything I can do, I can add, I can change to obtain this approval? We want to be seen to be acting reasonably. So, if it's just a matter of, we don't like you, we don't like that you went ahead and did it anyway, then you have the opportunity to go to the tribunal and say, well, I want an order that I can keep my flaws because the owner's corporation has acted unreasonably in withholding approval. The other part of this section that's relevant here is you'll see that, and and I said this earlier as well, minor works can be approved by the owner's corporation with an ordinary resolution. So that's a a simple majority vote at a general meeting. So if the strata committee won't approve it, it is open to you to propose a motion for the next general meeting attempting to seek approval from the general meeting. And if you get that approval from the general meeting, then that will override any decision of the strata committee. What I'm talking about is proposing a formal motion Before the next general meeting. So, you'll have to get your motion in in time so that it's there sitting with the strata manager before an agenda gets prepared for the next general meeting, seeking the retrospective approval of the owners' corporation for the already installed floorboards. You would have to be confident that you would get that. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't bother with that path. So, what I'd suggest to you if you're going down that path where the strata committee had rejected your application, That between then and the next general meeting, you're having a chat to other owners in the building and the owners are the ones with the vote. So they'd be the ones to be talking to, explaining to them what work you've been doing, inviting them in, have a look. Maybe they've done something similar in their apartments or they're looking to do something similar and trying to explain to them that what you've done is not at all controversial and improves the value of uh, the building for everybody. And please, can I have your support at a general meeting? Because for whatever reason, the strata committee has just gone rogue and won't approve this. And the expense of having to take this out and the, or possibly the expense of litigating the issue is just not a place anybody wants to be. So that's the approach you might be taking ahead of the next general meeting if you had a motion on to seek the owner's corporation's approval. Are you aware whether any other apartments have hard flooring in the building? A bit of a a surreptitious way, perhaps, to be handpicking who you might want to talk to is to do a Google search of each apartment number in the building and see if there are pictures online, realestate.com or similar, where apartments have been listed for sale or rent, and you can see from the photos they've got hard flooring then I'd be making contact with those people and saying, hey, I can see you've got these beautiful floors. You know, I I knew there were apartments in this building who had these beautiful floors and I was so inspired that I wanted to do the same in mine. I don't know, and you could maybe do some homework to find out first whether they've got approval or not (laughs) because they might not. Or you could just go in quite openly and say, look, I don't know what you went through when you were putting your flooring down, but this is what I'm going through. And I don't know if you've got any suggestions for me for how I might navigate that with the committee. And that person might say, oh, gosh, well, do I have a story to tell you? This is what happened to me. Or they might say, oh, no, it wasn't a problem for me. So that's just going to arm you with that history, that background knowledge to be able to say, well, this is incredibly unfair and unreasonable because I'm being singled out here. Why me? How come units 17, 16, and 14 are allowed to have these but I'm not? So that's a bit of homework worth doing and then targeting those owners to talk to, you may not know who is an owner-occupier and who is a tenant. So one way to get that information is to ask the strata manager for a copy of the strata role. That's the document that has all owners' names and contact details. And where an owner's contact details are the address of the property, then you can be pretty confident that they're an owner-occupier. Not always the case, but you can you can be pretty confident. Bear in mind, be prepared that the strata manager will say to you you can't have the strata role. It's private. It has private personal details. You're not allowed to have it. Happens all the time. For years, I've talked about this inside the membership. We've got some resources for you to help you with that conversation because if your strata manager says that they are legally incorrect, the tribunal has determined this issue on a number of occasions. You as an owner are authorized to inspect the records of the owner's corporation And if you would like to take a copy of those records, which includes a strata role, then you are entitled to do that. Sometimes our strata managers need to be reminded that that's the law. So if that happens to you, feel free to jump in the forum and let me know, and I'll direct you to some template letters and and things that have helped other members in that situation. So that's your flooring. Should we talk about child safety nets? I can jump in. My understanding is that you are wanting to install child safety nets on your balcony and you have been told that because these are going to change the external appearance of the building, it is major work that requires a bylaw and a special resolution. Now, you've told me that bylaws on the agenda for next week, but in the meantime, I think you've also asked me, is that right? Is it really major work? Do I really need this special resolution? Isn't this a safety device? to prevent harm for children. And I imagine you have the usual bylaw about being able to install such devices without approval. Yep. So I agree with you. I have been through this process both on behalf of clients and personally, I'm not sure if you're aware, in my own building where I had safety nets installed on level seven of my building. And I had the same discussion with my committee. And I said, look, we've got bylaw, I think it's usually bylaw five in the model bylaws that say you can't damage common property. However, this doesn't prevent the installation of safety devices, screens to prevent harm to children and to keep out insects and pests and whatever the wording is, as long as those devices do not impact the external appearance of the building. And I went through the process of showing my committee some examples of what the safety nets look like. And I'm not sure which ones you're using. If you're using Luciana at Safety Nets for Life, perfect. So they're great. So they're exactly fit for purpose. I know what they look like. And on her website, she's got some great photos, including of my balcony, where you the nets are practically transparent. So you just cannot see them. My position is that I don't believe these nets affect the external appearance of the building. They're designed in such a way that they don't. Have you shown your committee pictures of what the finished product is expected to look like, just with reference to other installations? Yeah. It's a tough one. I ended up in my community, I, as I was saying, I explained all of that to them and I said, look, I don't need a bylaw, I don't need a special resolution. However, I'm happy to put one forward, A, because it costs me nothing because I've, I'm have i a lawyer and I've got a template here. I'm happy to put one forward as a show of goodwill in order to keep it on the record that these are installed and that to the extent the nets are bolted into the common property, which they are, then if they ever come out, then we'll fill in those holes and make sure that no waterproofing is damaged or anything like that. So I did in my community end up proposing a bylaw, and that's the bylaw that you've accessed through the membership. And that bylaw went through, sailed through. And I would hope in your situation exactly the same result will occur because we're talking about safety. And if I were you, I would next week be, I would speak to the motion, absolutely, and make sure your strata manager gives you the opportunity to do that. Is your meeting online or in person? Okay, so when the motion comes up for consideration, the strata manager may say this motion has been proposed by in lot X You can all read the bylaw, it's all there. Does anyone have any questions? I would jump in immediately if I were you and say, oh, just a minute, Mr. Chair, I'd just like to say a few things about this motion. Number one, I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with the Netzen system and the company Child Safety Nets for Life. If you're not, I've got a web address for you. I'm gonna put it in the chat. Or maybe tee up the strata manager beforehand and just say, hey, would you mind? This is a web address that I'd like everybody to have to go and check out Luciana's website. These are the nets I'm talking about. They're not black, like uh, sometimes cat netting can be black and quite thick. I've worked with clients before who've wanted to install cat netting. It's very different. It is made especially for child safety. It is designed to withstand weight. It is installed in a way that's very taut and it's like a fishing line when it gets installed and it is almost transparent to the outside view, not intrusive at all. And you'll see some examples of this on the website, which you can share with owners. So for the purpose of next week's meeting, I would be saying I often have young children visiting the apartment we are on level. There has been extensive research done by Strata Law academic, Dr. Kathy Sherry, in respect to child safety on balconies in apartments. And That was the instigator for actually our change to the strata law back in 2018 where we now require our windows to be child safe. So there is a law which your strata manager will be well across and and maybe those in your building as well having gone through the process of having child safety devices fitted to windows because children were falling out of windows as well as off balconies. And Kathy was the one who connected me with Luciana So if you Google Dr. Kathy Sherry and child safety and apartments, you'll find a lot of her research that instigated the change to the law in relation to child locks and then Luciana has taken it to that step of bringing this technology over from South America, I think, for the child safety nets. So your position is quite strongly backed up by some very well-respected research. And what I would be saying, and I took this position at my general meeting where I was proposing the bylaw to say this is not a, a risk that this owner's corporation wants to leave itself open to. I have children in this apartment. I am on level It is not safe. The balustrade is not child safe. I think we can all accept that the balustrade is not child safe. I'm not asking, you might say this, I'm not asking owners corporation for you to upgrade the balustrades because I have an alternate solution, but I need your support to approve that solution. So it's your way of kind of saying, look, if you don't propose this, then I might be seeking an upgrade to the balustrades if they're not currently non-compliant. But here's a solution that I'm prepared to pay for and it is not cheap. I know it is not cheap. The nets will be installed by a qualified contractor, you can say, which I do recommend, and I'm prepared to take responsibility, as I'm saying under the bylaw, to repair and maintain any issues with the nets, any damage to the common property. It will all be my responsibility and for as long as that bylaw is on the title, it will be the responsibility of any future owner as well. So the owner's corporation has every protection there is no reason to say no to this proposal. And there's a heck of a lot of reasons to say yes. That kind of approach that you've got to sort of put them in a position to say, oh, I really can't. <laughs> I'm gonna look like a child hater if I say no to this. And that they will be exposing the owners corporation to significant risk. And it's boys. Kathy's research will show you this is why I mean, when we decided to move to an apartment, we had Callum, who was five at the time. And it's a gorgeous apartment. We still have it and beautiful view. And I remember standing on that balcony going oh my God, I just, we will have nets. Well, there won't even be a question about interrupting the view or what they'll look like. We will have nets and any which way I will get these nets through because I couldn't sleep. And boys, what I was about to say, sorry, was that Kathy's research says, it's boys that go over. It's boys because they just don't have that part of the brand. They're just adventurous. I don't know. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, they don't think. And the nets are just wonderful to have. Yeah, they're great. Such great peace of mind. Yeah. So hopefully that gives you some ideas for next week. If it fails, if it fails, I think give some more thought to whether you pursue the angle of, well, you know what? I don't need a bylaw anyway. This is not going to affect the external appearance. It's cosmetic work that is for child safety. I'm just going to do it anyway. Give some thought to that. I think you've got a good argument there. And that kind of sows a seed. Well, if we knock down the bylaw, she's probably going to do it anyway because she thinks she can. And then we don't really want to have a legal argument about that. So I would weave that into your, when you speak to the motion. And the beauty of being online is you can type up your notes beforehand. If you, I don't know how comfortable you are speaking to a room, but you can read it out and you can even say that, look, I, I'm quite emotional about this issue. I'm quite anxious about it. So I've made some notes so that I don't forget the things that I want to say. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to read those out. There are a few things that I haven't seen, but. um Yes. These situations I have been in and when you've been in them, then it's easier to help others who are going through them. Any more questions? Hi, this is Amanda in real time, just jumping into the episode here. So far, you've heard me talk about hard flooring and child safety nets. What I am about to cover with our member is a proposed bathroom renovation and a bylaw that is on the agenda of an upcoming general meeting seeking approval for that renovation here we go. If they have an issue with something that's in the bylaw that, you know, we want this added or we want that added, then as long as it's easy enough for you, I'd be saying, yep, of course we can do that. We can do that. And it is possible. I'm just thinking about your timing. If they say, oh, we want a clause in the bylaw that says you'll get a waterproofing certificate and you'll provide it to us when you're finished. I would suggest saying at the meeting, yep, that's fine. Not a problem." I'm happy to agree to that now. And we can amend the motion so that the bylaw includes those words. And then we can vote on the bylaw as amended. So they're not saying go away add those words in and then convene another meeting and come back with another bylaw. That's just a waste of time. So say, look, if everybody supports that approach, yep, let's add clause 1B to the bylaw that says, when I'm done, I'll provide a water briefing certificate. And the strata manager should be across that and be able to say, yeah, that's, that's fine. We're not changing the effect of the bylaw. We're just including some more protections in there for the owners corporation. So whatever it takes to get the bylaw through, if it's things you're prepared to agree to, then put them in at the time, maybe before the meeting, do your research about other lots in the building and say, well, look, Unit 3 did it last year. Of the 18 units on my research, 60% have new bathrooms. So, <laughs> with all, with everyone else has had this opportunity. It's now a value add that I would like to bring to my property. And when we do this, when we upgrade our bathrooms and we take on responsibility for the future repair and maintenance of that upgrade, we're reducing the burden on the owner's corporation. Because legally, an owner's corporation remains responsible for original common property, and that includes original bathrooms. And I'm not sure how old your building is. Right now, your bathroom is the responsibility of the owner's corporation. If you have a waterproof membrane fail, if you have cracked tiles, they're probably the main things. If the bathtub starts leaking, the owner's corporation is responsible for fixing that. And that can become, I've seen that in communities become incredibly expensive over time, because especially if there's original building defects that were not properly addressed back when they could have been, and then everyone's waterproofing starts failing at the same time, the cost of having to do all those bathrooms. But the minute you get approval pursuant to a bylaw to renovate your bathroom, and as long as your bylaw says, as I'm sure yours does, That you will take responsibility for that work and all future responsibility for any common property that's affected by that work, then the owner's corporation's off the hook. So that's one less bathroom that they have to deal with ever, ever again, whether you sell, whether you, that bathroom, the minute a bathroom's renovated and there's a bylaw shifting responsibility, the owner's corporation's off the hook. And you can use those words in the meeting. Say, I want to take that away from you. And if you can find out whether there's been other bylaws registered for bathroom renovations, in your contract, when you purchased, there will be a copy of the registered bylaws. So go back to that contract. There'll be all of the model standard boring, boring bylaws, and then there'll be additional bylaws that have been added over time. And you may find, maybe, maybe not, it's a, it's a young building, yours might be the first, but if it is the first, then it's important to make this point because they may not have heard it before. But if Unit 4 has done a bathroom renovation, you can say, look, there's Special Bylaw 3, which was made last year, was to approve unit four's bathroom renovation. And under the special bylaw three, unit four is now responsible for their lovely, new, beautiful bathroom. I'm asking for the same benefit and I will take the same responsibility under my bylaw. And so what that means is now the owner's corporation, you're not responsible for 18 bathrooms. You're responsible for 16 bathrooms. Great. Good news for you. And as time goes on, and people come in, bathrooms get older, people want to renovate, that number will increase and the owner's corporation's responsibility will decrease, thank goodness. So I know in my building, we got 37 lots and when, so when a waterproof membrane fails or you know shower starts leaking, I go, is that a renovated bathroom? Send me a picture, let me see. Is that original or is that renovated? And if it's a renovated bathroom, I go, oh great, not our problem. If it's original, I go, oh God, I can't believe someone still has an original bathroom where well, we have to fix it. So that's the sell. yeah. It is a good point. If I do say so myself, I'm not sure I've made that one before. <laughs> and to put it to them that way, because if your showers leaking, you got to do the membrane, the tiles, then you got to match like for like, and could be ten grand a pop. I think we paid recently five grand for somebody's. What happened in our building actually is we paid five grand for Mega Seal to come in and seal a shower. Not six months later, that owner said, oh, "I'm going to renovate my bathroom now." And we went, "Oh, that's great." I wish you could have said that six months ago. So that's the pain that can happen as the building gets older and where original bathrooms are still in place. Let me know how you go with that one. I'd be really pleased to hear how that one goes down with them. All right, excellent. And then, you know, depending on how it goes, then we can discuss next steps. But, you know, there is a mediation process. The whole concept of reasonableness is something you might want to filter into the conversation on Monday is to just say, look, the terms of my bylaw are fair and reasonable if somebody speaks to the motion and says, oh, well, we don't think you should be allowed to do it because it's going to be a week's worth of noise, construction noise. And you might say, absolutely understand that. My contractors will be very mindful to only do the noisy work at these particular hours. If somebody's on a call or is a shift worker, please communicate with me and we'll do our best to accommodate all of that. But at the end of the day, it's a week. It's a week in an entire future of this building where I'm going to take responsibility for this bathroom. And to object on the basis of noise is, in my view, unreasonable. And you kind of filter in those words that the strata manager will be going ding, ding, ding. She knows what she's talking about. Better be careful here. Let me know how you go. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property.